You are listening to the Thinking Big Podcast, and today, oh, we have such a special guest. Uh, today, I welcome Dana Malstaff to the Thinking Big Podcast. And Dana, she is the founder of the Boss Mom Movement, which includes her Facebook communities, uh, her courses, her YouTube channel. Uh, she has an absolutely fantastic podcast called the Boss Mom Podcast that is a chart-topping podcast. You've got to go listen to that. Uh, her book, Boss Mom, was published in 2015, and that really kicked off her business and the whole Boss Mom movement. And Dana has been featured in, oh God, you can't even name them all, Fast Company. Uh, she's been on Amy Porterfield's podcast. She's been on Gold Digger podcast, much more. And I'm telling you, one of my biggest takeaways from this episode is how she organically grew her Facebook community to over 50,000 people and why she runs it the way she does. And I'm telling you, her methods are pretty genius. So today, we're thinking big on our communities and how we show up. Welcome to the Thinking Big Podcast with Sean Osborne, the show helping you think bigger into your life and potential. Sean believes by equipping you with the tools, strategies, and philosophies required to be successful in all aspects of your life, you can achieve anything you believe in. Empowering our own growth makes a deeply positive and lasting impact on our lives, community, and our world. Now, here's Sean. I absolutely want to welcome you, uh, Dana Malstaff, to the Thinking Big Podcast. Where are you? You said you're out of country. Yeah, I'm in uh, Puerto Vallarta right now. Oh, you poor thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if you hear a mariachi band in the back or part yeah. of Puerto Vallarta. <laughs> uh, and for those listening, uh, she is, she's actually started, you know, the, uh, she started the Boss Bomb. Uh, I, w I don't want to even want to say it's a company. I want to say it's more of a, it's more of a movement, which is mm -hmm. way, way bigger than a company. I mean, it is. You have so many different things that you're doing in your movement that uh, such incredible value that I know that my audience is going to absolutely love to hear uh, everything from your course stuff that you do, uh, from your in-person stuff that you do, from everything that your podcast is huge, by the way. And, and I want to say this. I don't know if I'm supposed to be listening to your podcast. I feel like I'm, <laughs> I, sometimes I listen to it and I'm like, I feel like I'm peeking behind a curtain that I'm not supposed to peek behind. It's like, <laughs> am, am I hearing stuff that guys aren't supposed to hear? I don't know if I'm. <laughs> I, no, no, you are welcome. You are. Well, we actually had the Boss Dad podcast and we then just assimilated the Boss Dad spotlight into the Boss Mom podcast because we wanted to start a YouTube channel and I can only do so many, so many things at once. But um, no, like there's, there's so much of what we teach and what we care about that every parent definitely cares about, but also just just people in general. Women are just the ones that beat themselves up the most about all these things. They put the most amount of judgment, the most amount of um, weight on their shoulders. And so the movement is more necessary for mom entrepreneurs right. than it is for male entrepreneurs. And right. that's and and that's just that's just it is what it is. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure it's like when my wife wants to go to Victoria's Secrets. I'm I walk in there and it's like I I shut my eyes. It's like I don't see anything. I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> it's just it's very unnatural. 
<laughs> you crack me up. Just want to make that sure. Is, no, I get it though. I get it. We actually have guys in our group. We don't. We probably have like one to two percent of the fifty, almost fifty three thousand people in the group are men because, um, yeah, this it's it's not a woman only. Just mostly women relate. In fact, several of my one on one clients and some of my favorite uh, clients are guys. Um, and so, yeah, it's like it's like what we teach is relevant to everybody. If if what we teach resonates and what we care about resonates with people, then it fits for anybody. Um, but any smart entrepreneur picks a niche. <laughs> and I'm telling you, because all the stuff that I've gone up and looked at and all of the you know the podcasts I've listened to of yours, they resonate with me just for me, just for me, just as much as I think as, as a, uh, a mom. Uh, absolutely. I think it's good for, for everybody, uh, the stuff that you're doing now for me, getting into entrepreneurship and getting into, uh, business stuff. I always think that there's one or two reasons that I, I do it either because there's something pleasurable that I'm going to get from it, or mm -hmm. there's something painful that I'm want to avoid. That's the reason I said it's either pleasure or pain. It's, it's, you know, nothing else. Mm -hmm. What, drove you to, you know, what, what were some of the decisions that drove you to do, uh, what you're doing? The boss mom, the whole boss mom stuff. I mean, there, there had to be something, yeah. a trigger or something or that said, you know what, I'm, I'm doing this. Yeah. Well, it was the pain. We'll go with the pain <laughs> side. Um, yeah, I, I quit my job back in 2013. Um, and by, and any entrepreneur knows that me saying quit my job means I got let go. Cause that's <laughs> right. You were they, they had a, they, yeah, they, the, the husband and wife got into, uh, were separating and they were firing everybody that he had hired. And, in, and, and to, it's so funny because people get angry about that. And I'm like, that's what I would do. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you want to bring your own people and it makes total sense. And so, um, I proactively went and told my, the, the guy who they brought in to kind of like do this transition. Um, I did my first negotiating and told him, let's, let's give me 90 days. We'll do this thing. I ended up trying to find a, a job, but I could, didn't like anywhere. I didn't want to work anywhere. I didn't like any of the things that were available to me. I was in Columbus, Ohio at the time. And and I decided like I had had a mentor at the time that the company I was working at had brought in to help facilitate culture change, right? Which is a lot of what we were doing in uh, to create better employee environments in other companies and to create better retention and do these things. And it was a patient advocacy kind of company. And they had brought somebody in. He'd become my mentor and he kept whispering in my ear, you'd be a good consultant. You'd be a great consultant. Like, and, and so what I just, at the end of my 90 days, I was just like, there's nowhere else I want to work. I should, maybe I should just be my own boss. And my, my dad owned an auto body shop. So he was a business owner. My stepdad was an entrepreneur and started businesses. So I took the leap. And what I joke about with everybody is, you know, that night, everybody went out and celebrated my last day, got me drunk off tequila shots. And six weeks later, I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> so uh, married at the time. And um, yeah, so I was just I think the pain part was that I woke up and I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I wanted to be, a, you know, a mother and I wanted to do both really, really well, because for anybody that's listening that you just, you know, go big or go home. Like if you're going to do it, do it well. That's just that's just what it should be, right? And why waste our time if we're going to just half-ass it? And so we, I, I was alone. I felt alone. I felt isolated. I lived in a in Columbus, Ohio, where nobody owned their own business that was small. Um, I had none of my friends were having babies yet. And I just felt like there was something wrong with me because I did not want to be a stay-at-home mom. 
and I did not want, and I wanted my kid to nap so I could work on my website and call prospects and do all those things and made me feel like I was probably a terrible mom, um, that maybe my heart was black and coal, you know, like all of those things. And it was really hard. I, and I, and I felt like I'm probably the only woman and, uh, ever to be, feel like this. And, and so one day I, you know, saw, uh, like a mom and a grandma and a baby in a cafe and I started crying. My son was like three months old, you know, sleeping uh, next to me and I was trying to do work. And I called, uh, my husband at the time and I just said, you know, I'm from San Diego, California for the most part. And that's where my parents live. Could we move to San Diego? It was negative 11 and it was not a hard sell. He's like, yes, tomorrow we can move to San Diego tomorrow. <laughs> Three months later, we'd sold our house. We moved to San Diego and all of a sudden I was surrounded by people that had businesses and had kids and and it was just this world that was opened up to me of many things. But the number one thing, which I think is like that idea that we are the sum of the people, you know, the seven people we surround or five people we surround ourselves with that that is also true for thinking we're crazy right like i had parents i i remember my my mother-in-law being like uh you're pregnant go get a job before somebody finds out you're pregnant like that was that was the statement right and i was like why would i want to do that so when everybody looks at you because they don't understand what you're doing and thinks you're crazy and that you should do something else that's safer or or whatever it is um then uh, then you've you got to go find the people that look at you and go no i'm doing that too you're totally brave like we're all crazy together. This is going to be great. And and that's what I ended up finding here in San Diego. And what ended up happening is I a boss mom was born because I want to go write a book. I've always wanted to write a book. And uh, someone in a mastermind, um, Azul Tronis, had a um, – you know, was a, was a business, a book coach said, I'll give a great deal to anybody in the mastermind. We, you know, I said, I want to do it. We sat down again, everybody, I was seven months pregnant with my second child at this time. And everybody was like, this is, and we were moving houses in San Diego. And everybody told me this is the worst time to write a book. You shouldn't be writing a book at all. You should be focusing on growing your consulting business, uh, which by the way, nobody knew me because I was just a consultant that did content strategy. There was no brand behind it. And yeah, I sat down and I thought I was going to write a content book called Expand Your Reach. And instead, what came out was all the mom stuff and the guilt stuff and the fact that I have a good brain that should be put to use. Um, and it's better for the world if it's put to use at not just being a mom. Like I didn't want all of my legacy and endeavors to simply be based around the hope that my children turn out to be good, smart people. And if every woman did that, if everybody, every woman put every smart, cunning, brilliant part of herself into her children, then all we would have is children that don't do anything because they're giving everything they can to the next set of children. And then you just never have anything that actually gets done because we're all just hoping the next set does something, right? <laughs> and so I was like, shoot, I'm going to show them that I can do something really brilliant and inspire them by my actions and do it that way. And so I wrote the Boss Mom book in 2015 and it caught on like wildfire and we have been boss mom and the crap out of everything ever since. That's an amazing story. And now, now when you look back, do you think that, you know, cause you, your reason for, you know, kind of doing what you're doing, do you think it's different for men and women for their reason? Like for me, mine was mainly because I wanted to be the best provider or I wanted to, you know, so I, I think there is somewhat of a difference in maybe why we, why we, our goals on why we do things. Yes, 100%. 100%. I think I think 
women, uh, that's why we love like nurture is, is our word. Like boss mom is known for nurture because women can't help themselves, right? Women want to take care of everybody. Like there is a reason why they say women are good at multitasking or men are singular, right? Because the women's job is to make sure everybody stays alive, like that everybody gets fed and the things are clean and everybody gets a bath and like all that stuff. And men's singular focus is to protect and provide, right? And and so we can talk all, all day long about how advanced we are uh, in things. But the fact is, is primarily women want to take care. They want to help. They want to be there. They want to impact people. They And they need... They need what, uh, what you know, th- th- this loop. It's this um, inspiration loop, right? This validation loop. Like women, and this is for every man that's listening, by the way, whoever your woman is in your life, whether it's your your wife, your girlfriend, your mother, whatever, every woman needs this. So if you're not doing this, this is my one, like do this for women. Tell them that they actually matter, right? Like tell them that was really nice of you to do that. Like I'm glad that you woke up today because <laughs> I'm happy that you're in this world. Like women deplete when that doesn't happen, which is why women are so community driven because we need to be able to tell each other that us existing here makes a difference in somebody else's life because our drive is much more external than men. That's why women have identity problems because our drive is based around our impact on an external world, which means if that external world isn't validating our value, then women start to question whether or not we're valuable. And that's why women tend to undercharge. And that's why women tend to give away more than they should. And that's why women tend to all of the things that happen there. And that's a natural thing because we have the babies and, you know, babies need to be taken care of. Men want to provide, men want to protect. So if you aren't telling your, the man in your life that he is, that you, that he keeps you safe, you know, that you are so happy that he, he allows for you. I remember I interviewed Michael Stelsner on the Boss Dad podcast and he just talked about, he mentioned like, I don't know that I'm a good dad. You know, my wife wanted to stay home. And so I went and built a business so that she could, but I didn't get to spend as much time with my kids. And I'm like, yeah, but you are now. And, and she's an amazing woman, an amazing mom. And her kids got that because you created that safe space for her to do that. Like that's, that's a lot of what men do. And yeah, you don't want to ignore your kids, but he has a really vibrant, wonderful, I've met his kids. He's got an amazing relationship with them and they're doing amazing things. And so, yeah, men and women are, we're different. We have different drives. If we understood each other's drives more, we could care about each other better. Um, but in business, knowing who that is and then knowing what your shortcomings are, at, depending on your personality type, depending on the gender you are, like all of those things, that that makes a big difference on how successful you can be. Because most of the time we're sitting there going, no, 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 I just if I just do it this way, even though it's completely against who I am and how I work, like the really successful people realize what they're not good at. They hire other people to do those things. And in my case, I hire somebody to yell at me at the things I know I'm bad at, uh, (laughs) but I need to do anyway, uh, because I'm not going to pretend I'm a different person. Um, That's what's great about getting older. You know, you just stop being somebody you're not. Stop caring about what other people think. That is so true. So true. I do not feel when I go take my pants off and get in bed at like 8.30 p.m., I do not worry about missing anything. (laughs) Oh, yes. The fear of missing out. I always had that. So, yeah, I I tell my my wife all the time that I would probably become just an invalid. I wouldn't be able to get out of bed. I wouldn't know how to do anything if she wasn't 
if she wasn't there. I, <laughs> I would literally probably just walk around the house and hit walls. Just boom. <laughs> fall down, get back up. And you know what? I bet you she <laughs> jokes about it or says things that every time you tell her that, she loves it. <laughs> I don't know. You know, because women just, we want to be needed. Yes. E- even, it, it, yeah, we and we can joke all day long, but I think human beings, part of why we made Boss Mom and part of why I market different than a lot of other online marketers market and what we teach in like in our Nurture Convert system is, is different because I think people wake up lonely. I think people wake up wondering what it is they're doing here and if it really matters. And I think people wonder that a lot more than they say out loud. And the more we can recognize that and the more we can recognize that in our marketing and in our brands, we can bring value to people by helping them feel valued. Like there's a beautiful, that's why when you say boss mom is a movement, that's why it feels that way. Right. Uh, Because we're not just telling you care about this we're actually helping in our space and community to raise people up so that everybody gets raised up. Like you should, you should at least once a week in your email nurture system, get an email back from somebody that says, this is exactly what I needed to hear today. Like, and if you're not getting that appreciation loop back, then, then I don't, then, then you're selling and you're not just nurturing right. and they're two different things or telling yes. even worse is people that just think that training and telling them like, it's my job to tell you how to do something and to make you better. But what you're actually telling somebody is, is I want you to change and I'm going to help you change. So you need to discover the one area where you want to help them improve, but the area in their life where you actually want to give them permission to not change. And if you don't have both of those, then people get burnt out on you Yeah. as opposed to falling in love and being loyal to you. And those are two very different trajectories. Yes. And I have, I, I'm telling you, I had the biggest problem with that for a long time on, you know, getting into, you know, the email and the, the nurturing of, of your list is, you know, and, that, and that's one of the things that you do is you teach people how to really nurture their list and, and have them become lifelong, you know, clients or customers of theirs. And for the longest time, that's not what I did. And, and here's the thing, in, in our business, everything is our list. Our list is our company. I mean, for me, mm-hmm. my list is is everything. Without my list, I have no company. And for the longest time, I didn't do much with the list. I, I would spend all of this time, all of this money, doing all these things to build these lists and then just let them sit there and and go. I mean, just being, you know, I, yeah. I had great momentum and I was moving forward, but I was getting absolutely nothing out of it from a business standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's just like a lot of things in business. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, you don't know what to say. Um, Number two, we've been lied to that new, you know, you email every week and you send out a newsletter and that's not, it's not, it's not really being lied to. It's like, that's what worked 20 years ago. Um, But that's not what works now. This idea that that, that you're putting somebody on an external schedule, right? That just depends on what date it is, is a bad way to create a customer experience or or a, an experience for anybody who's going to be potentially become a customer or become a community member. And so, yeah, I think people, people put off the email thing because they don't know, like either I don't know how to update people or I'm, I'm putting them in my email list and then I just sell them things when things come up. Right. But we came up with what we call the permission sandwiches which is it, the it, what it does is anybody who is going to write emails, it creates a simple system where you you not only know what to write, 
but you know where it goes and why it goes there in a way that makes sense for people. Because basically what you're saying is, hey, I want you to write out a relationship with somebody. And at the end, you're going to, you know, they're going to buy from you and it's going to be great. And and you're going, I have a hard enough time marketing anywhere else. <laughs> what, what, how the heck am I going to do that? And then salespeople, what they do is they give you the the sales emails. Well, the sales emails if you're the kind of person that's building a list that if you don't buy from me within six months, I want you to get the heck out. Uh, that's a different model. And there, you know, and there's space for that model in different places. Ours is, I believe that the people that don't buy from you, the people that open every email and lurk and hang out, like there's a, an important ecosystem that goes on with the people in your communities and your email list. I was saying this on Amy Porterfield's podcast because if imagine it, the people that execute everything that you say so effectively that they grow super fast and have all the successes in the world, you know what they're not doing in their email box, reading your emails anymore. Right. right. Which means all, if all you had was people that bought from you and had success, then you don't have anybody opening your emails all the time. And those people, to, uh, the, the best people that you have, are they spending time writing reviews and going out and sharing you everywhere? No, they're building their own businesses. Right. Right. So you need everybody in this ecosystem because the people that are struggling and trying, but they're not quite there yet, and maybe they haven't bought from you, they're trying to take in everything free. Those people are still going out and talking about you and they're sharing it with their friends and they're doing all these things and they're opening emails, every single email you have, and they're replying to those emails to talk to you. And so everybody thinks that the entire goal of a business is to just get that conversion. And what you don't realize is a community is based off multiple roles with multiple functions and you want a ecosystem in your community to happen to where everybody fills their role in the right way. You want that one person that writes you back and goes, did you know that there is an error on your sales page? Right. And that person isn't always the person that just bought your thing from you. Right. But they all have this, but they want to be involved. And you, so understanding the ecosystem is a lot how nurturing happens the best because because everybody wants to feel needed and you have to give that space for everybody and it will actually in the end increase your conversions yeah and i think now more than ever i mean we're obviously we're going through this whole damn pandemic thing but i think even before this <laughs> happened we were on a on a trajectory to me where every household was going to have their own business their side gig. I mean, the, you know, this, uh, you know, the stuff with COVID just kind of pushed things forward a lot, but everybody is going to go through building a tribe, building a community, building a business. It's, I, I think every household is going to end up having a company. You're going to have to, I mean, that's going to be, to me, that's the way things are going to move forward. That's just, that's where it is. And yeah. learning how to do this is just, it's so, so damn important. If I'm going to go do something, I'm going to follow someone who's been successful. I'm going to put myself around people who are successful. I'm going to align myself with the ideals and and the the thoughts of the people who I want to want to emulate. And that is exactly so. Like on your Facebook community, I I, I peeked around again. I, I kind of looked behind the curtains. I'm I, I wasn't sure how much I was allowed in, but peeking behind, the, like your Facebook group is just. I don't know how you did that, but but that is an amazing the way. So I'm a guy, and my thing is I'm going to put up a Facebook page, and I'm going to sell you. It's it's going to be a brochure every week on my Facebook page. You can't post. I don't want you posting on my page. It's just good, mm -hmm. and that's kind of the old way of 
of, of thinking, but what you've done with Facebook, it should be illegal. Well, it's exhausting. And it should be illegal. <laughs> well, okay, so so we'll put some context around this. So uh, we've grown organically. We have just shy of uh, 53,000. We, we get somewhere between, depending on the day or the time of year, you know, uh, 65 to 100 people that get uh, the ask to get invited a day. About 80% of those people are um, – are recommended by Facebook. So in their scroll, our group is being recommended to them. The other 20% is friends or they hear me on a show or something like that. Um, on average, we have somewhere between four and 5,000 posts a month, like posts, posts a month. It's a lot of posts. <laughs> and we have somewhere between 100,000 and 200,000. I know that's a big thing, but it just depends on, on what's happening that month um, of engagements and comments, right? So we have 100,000 comments happening every single month. Um, Here's the brilliant part of that. I spend no more than 20 minutes in my Facebook group a day. In fact, there's some days I don't go in at all, depending on what has to get done. It runs because it's not beholden to me. It is not, I am not the end all be all dictator in my group. I am a facilitator. So the number one thing I tell people is we are trained to be trainers. If you're an expert, then your job is to train and I have to untrain people (laughs) to be that way because what we're told is, no, 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 I need to tell them what I'm the thing. So if I tell them, then they're going to love the thing and then they're going to come at me. But that you're a dime a dozen, like, like people that do email marketing, people that help you do finances, people that are coaches, people that we're a dime a dozen. There's thousands of me, right? There's only one of me that has the opinions that I have and that wants to create a certain belonging. So Seth Godin's people like us do things like this, right? That's the thing that people have to get a hold of. So if people are starting communities right? Then it has to be around the thing that binds us, right? Now, you could have a group that's based around the fact that you guys are marathon runners, that you're bowlers, that you're, you know, that you're crafting moms. Like there's things that aren't necessarily business oriented that have thriving communities. The thing that we have to recognize is, is that as the person who leads the community, we are not the center. And what we get scared about is that if we let other people do things in the group, then we're going to, lose business because we won't be the one training all the time. But what I try and tell people is, is that you create good boundaries around your communities. You create good rules and we have some specific rules. We have a, we have a little course on how to start a Facebook group and we have the like outline of this is why we make the rules we make, but we set good boundaries and then we facilitate. So if somebody told me before, they're like, Dana, what if there's another person who does coaching the way you coach and, and for moms, like what if she's a direct competitor and she's in that group? Like, how do you feel? And I'm like, dude, if that woman gets more business than me, then it's my fault, not hers. It is not her fault that she came in. Now, it's my my job to make sure I run the community so that I don't have somebody coming in, you know, bothering people in a way. But that's how we set our rules. And so when people are scared that other people are going to come take their business, right, that's when we start to lose the ability to have a community. Right. People tell their friends to come pay me. Because I create such a space of engagement and connection and and allowing not just me to give value, but for other people to value each other and to give value that I get the acclaim for creating those connections. And it's an ecosystem. So it doesn't depend on me. I could go away for a month. My dad passed away two years ago and I was a whole, there was probably more than a month where I was just not useful to anybody. And my groups kept, kept growing. And it keeps growing because that is because it's an ecosystem that relies on everybody adding 
value and not just me. And by doing that, I become the leader um, that people go, people tag me in the group all the time. People that haven't even bought my stuff have tagged me and be like, oh, you, you're doing a Facebook group. You need Dana. Like, oh, you're doing that. You need Dana's things. And I'll be like, I don't even think you've bought something from me. They're like, no, I just heard that you're awesome. And this community is so great. Right. And I think, I think that's the big shift everybody has to, has to make is creating a sense of belonging based around what you want to teach, facilitating good community and engagement, making people feel valued, valuable and that their voices can be heard. Um, and then being really clear and concise about what you do offer uh, creates a really lovely system where naturally people buy from you, not because of just what you sell, but because people like us do things like this and they feel like they belong and they want to buy it from you outside of anybody else. And that's where you win out because I'm, I'm never going to be the one that has the most ad spend in my market. Like I'm never going to be that person. Right. I haven't been in business as long as everybody else has, but I can win out based on my opinions and my community. Yeah, I think how you run your communities and how you run your Facebook, it goes against what a lot of people think they should do or how they should do it. You know, it's like, like you said, if someone in most groups, and let's say it's coaching, they have someone come in and they're not spamming the group, but they're just offering value to the group. I've seen people get banned because that's in direct competition, even though they weren't selling and they weren't spamming, they were just being part of a community and, and helping them out, giving their, you know, giving their value. Now, sure, a lot of people will then go and follow them and, and might buy from them. But that whole method, that, that goes against what most people think they should or what most people actually do. Most, most, and I think it's probably from fear that they're fear that they're going to lose out or. Well, so, so there's a fix to that though, because, because what you do get is if you don't have the, like we don't, there's two things we don't allow in the group. And I recommend that every group does this. Now there is some space where maybe these work for somebody, but I haven't found one yet. Um, two things. We don't allow teaching posts, which means if you were saying your hero's journey, if you were talking about how it was difficult, but then it got better and I'm going to teach you this thing, if it, if it should be an Instagram post or a blog post, we don't allow it, right? Uh, because nobody asked you, <laughs> you know, nobody asked for you to teach and right. add value in that space. Right. Um, and we don't allow motivational quotes, right? Because it's, 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 it's puffy, it doesn't mean anything. Here's the things we do allow as we tend. We have a whole unit that tells people don't do this, but do this, right? We don't allow teaching posts because nobody engages in teaching posts. Everybody thinks they do, but what you get is five or six amens, right? And that's it. Right. Same thing with motivational quotes. That's great. I needed that today. What we tell people to do is ask questions, right? Use groups as a focus group, as a think tank, right? And it also helps your business. It helps Bill's buzz for your stuff without selling it. It, it, you're not you're not teaching in it, but what you're doing is you're understanding and it calls out your audience. So for instance, there's a girl in our community or in our in our society, which is our membership, that um, helps uh, mothers build relationships with their daughters, right? Specifically in the teen space. So she can ask a question that says, hey, for any for every mom in this group that has a teenage daughter, what's the last argument you had? Right now, she's not asking what's the biggest challenge. What's the, she's asking a very specific question. What's the last argument you had? Hundreds of women. I mean, my group's big, so maybe in other groups it's not. But, you know, hundreds of women are commenting saying, oh, my gosh, my daughter just turned 10 and she's mad because I make her go to lunch with me every Saturday. 
right? Or she's, you know, this is happening where I still, I, she doesn't like her curfew, you know, or I won't let her have, you know, I don't like her boyfriend or whatever this is. So all of a sudden they're getting this slew of, of things that they can now use for sales pages and marketing and emails that tell them exactly what that person is dealing with. They've now got a hundred people that have just identified themselves as an ideal client for that person. Right. And now what she can do is engage in the comments. So I tell people posts, whether it's in a group or anywhere else, isn't the isn't the part that is in, uh, important in terms of selling. It's the icebreaker. Your post to the icebreaker. So you keep it simple. If someone can't answer in their brain what you're asking in less than 10 seconds, your post is too complex. So we keep our questions really specific and really clean. Now she's got 100 people that are her ideal client that just answered. Now what she can do is go in those comments and start real conversations with those people that have just commented. That is going to end in her getting on the phone with people, people joining her group, people connecting. But what she didn't do was just teach off the front. Right. What she did is actually ask people to add value by answering a question. And what we do is teach people how to follow that process. Use groups as market research. And, and in that way, people call out. Same thing with decision support. I have a friend who is, a, you know, a call or actually she's a client, a colleague and client um, who I've known for years and she is writing a book and she's also creating a course and doing all those things. Well, she hasn't written the book. Yet. She's in the process of starting to write the book. Right. But we designed the cover, had her design the cover first. She went in because what we want is familiarity. The name of the book is the same thing as the name of the program, the name of every, the name of the Facebook group, everything. Right. So we took those things and we said, I want you to go into the group and go into some other groups, and I want you to ask them, we're going to ask them to vote on two covers. Now, she had already picked out most of the covers, so we had nuances of color scheme, right? 535 comments in less than 24 hours with people saying, I like A versus B, I like B versus A. Then people saying, oh my gosh, I love the title of that. What is this about? And now she has super engagers that she can have conversations with. Now, when she, you know, posts another thing about, hey, I'm, I've gotten the, you know, I'm starting this Facebook group. What do you think about this? Okay, now what do you think about that I should put here? Like, okay, now when I, I you know, the, there's the word damn in her, in her uh, thing, it's called take the damn trip. And she goes, okay, D-A-M-N is an acronym. Acronym. These are the ones I have. Like, how do you feel about this word? And now she's asking specific market research questions that not only actually help her make decisions about the things she's developing, so it's easier for her. She's also building familiarity on the word. She's got 535 people that that now know what that title is and associate it with her. If she would have just gone in and, and preached and taught about this message she wants to send, she would have gotten five or 10 people saying that's a great message. But when you flip it around and start asking questions, so so I agree with you. There are people that want to come in and add value. And what I tell them is ask uh, ask for support in the posts and give support in the comments. And that's a good flow for people to do. You ask questions as posts. Don't train. You ask questions. But you can train and give advice in the comments and, you know, in, in other people's posts. And that's a good way to flow. And that's the way you get around people trying to take over management of your group so that people think they're running it. Um, you just, you just create that, the right flow. That was a, that was a lot of information. Sorry. I, I talk fast. So <laughs> I'm going to put this when I, when I actually put this out, I'm just going to put it at half speed. So then everyone, everyone's going to get it. It will be half, half speed. It's going to be a two hour podcast, but I'm telling you the information is fantastic. <laughs> so <laughs> I do have a lot of people that tell me they listen to my stuff more than once, which is good. Like listen to it fast and then you can go back and like get a little bit more each time. Yeah. So basically what I got out of that is I've been doing it wrong this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been doing it wrong since the beginning. 
I, I'm I'll tell you what. I, I'll just give you my Maybe. credit card here right now. I'm just gonna give you my credit card. <laughs> just just take all my money, please. I, I want to. Oh, and from the stuff that I've seen on your site, I mean, anybody that's looking at getting into any sort of company, any sort of anything that they can do. You have stuff for everything from business plans to how you market to, you know, how you build your list and how you, that is a, you have a pretty much a turnkey system. And that's the thing that I like the stuff that you have. You have actual systems up there. You're not, you don't have stuff that's just go do this, go do this. It's an actual system that even I could follow. And that's, that's saying a lot. Well, I, I, and I think anybody could do that. And I think not enough people do. Um, I have an obsession with that idea of being able to draw out your system or your idea or your value on a napkin. I love that idea. Um, when I, I don't do that, I haven't done it this year because obviously the pandemic, but I used to have uh, people would come out for a day intensive and right around 4 p.m., I would take them. I'm in San Diego. I would take them to this place called Raised by Wolves, and it's a speakeasy in in the in our outdoor mall. It looks like a a liquor a high end liquor store, but you sit on these two chairs in this fireplace, and it turns around to this secret room, and it is this amazingly awesome, like old French looking um, speakeasy. And I would take them there, and we would get a drink, and we would take a stack of their pink napkins, and we would sit down, and we would practice drawing out their number one system that would get somebody results on a napkin. And then I, they would pitch it and then I would tell pitch it as them and then they would do it and draw it. And what we, and it's, and you figure it out. What are, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to help them build a triangle where on the bottom there's a, there's a foundation and that you can't do the next thing until the first one. Is it a ladder? Um, you know, is it a, a cycle? Is it an engine? Is it a, what is it? And so when we start to force ourselves to think about, what, how does the system work? Does it build upon each other? Does it happen simultaneously? Is it a bullseye that goes out as you, you know, as you work? Is it, what is that, the function of it? And then we start going, okay, what are the pieces for each of those things? Okay, now if that system's in place, what do I get more of or less of, right? I get more money and less time. I get, you know, less, you know, less stress um, and more flexibility. Like what are those things? And you can start drawing that system and explain it in, in two minutes. Then you can take that, not only can you go out and sell people just with that napkin on on buying in because people don't want more information. They want a map. They want a right. map. They don't want to be, there's too much information. They want to say what's point A, point B, point C, point D. Then you can start breaking down, okay, how would I, how would I do that? I remember a friend watched a, a video about how to do YouTube videos. And number one was do engaging videos. And my friend asked me, what the heck does is in an engaging video? Like, tell me how long it is, how short it is. Does it have jump cuts? Do I need images? Do I need cartoons? Like what, what does engaging mean? Because that does not mean anything to me. I think people need to recognize once you have your system down, then you break down to what are the steps. And for us, like even when we tell people do like for this, we've got, I'd say do the posts. We actually give you five kinds of questions you can ask. Within each of those questions, there's very specific criteria of do's and don'ts that you do in these questions. We give you examples of those questions, right? And we and we and we give you starting points for all of those. If I'm going to show you how to make a sales page, we have a worksheet that that is a fill in the blank. If I'm going to give you email templates, it is a fill in the blank, not a swipe file, but a fill in the blank, right? If I'm going to tell you to map out your opinions, I'm going to give you the exact flow of what that needs to look like. 
because because people aren't don't think the way you do. If you're the expert, then you have to break it down so somebody who just woke up that morning and has no idea what's happening in the world could actually implement what you're doing or you haven't drilled down far enough. And the problem with everybody is they're trying to create so many new things all the time that they never have time to drill down. Right. All they end up being able to do is be on the surface level because the world has told them, you know, according to Gary Vee, that the only way to succeed is to create more consistently. Right. And I think that is dumb. I think we should stop creating more. I think we should get deeper with the things that we're creating and discover new ways to talk about the one thing, not new things. Right. <laughs> Just new ways, 80% of your time figuring out how to market and get people into the one thing as opposed to building a million things. And I think I think we've just all been taught the wrong stuff. Like we've been taught that when the internet was born and people started blogging, like we're still using that methodology um, of just write about it, create content, create it consistently and people will find you. And that age has passed. That, well, that, that, <laughs> and guys, that will not work. Absolutely will will not work. No, and you, and you will actually dilute your own message by creating too much content that covers too many things. Yeah, and if there isn't a consistency in the how do we all belong together? What is the movement I'm actually trying to? What are the opinions that I feel really strong about? You will actually dilute your own brand, and then people won't know what it is you sell and what it is you do. And what you will end up doing is you will end up spending your time and money on marketing and visibility efforts that gets your competitor paid. You you know, you touched on the napkin and, and to me that's getting clarity. That that was the hardest thing for me is is getting clarity, exact clarity. If I could have wrote down what I was wanting to do on a napkin, that would have helped me so much. Now unless the napkin was like the half of a wall, then then I would have been been okay back then. <laughs> but just getting that clarity it to me that's one of the the foundation and one of the most important things for the people that I talk to that they need to do is get clarity on exactly what they're what they're doing. And I fell into the same thing where I was building programs without doing any type of research, without going into groups and, and asking questions on what do you really think? I knew what people needed. Clearly I, I knew exactly mm -hmm. what they needed. And that shit doesn't fly. It it absolutely, <laughs> absolutely will not work now. Yeah. At all. Well, and you're creating more work for yourself because asking the question, um, asking the questions. So there's a book called uh, Creative Curve, and it's really, really great. I can't remember the guy who wrote it, but if you look it up, it's the it's the only Creative Curve book that I'm aware of. But it talks about familiarity and novelty, and most people want familiarity. Most there's a very finite number of thrill seekers that that want danger and risk, right? Most people don't want to go into the cave if they're not positive there's no bear in there, right? And so what we do is we think like like this older marketing or even like a couple years ago where it's like there's the sales funnels, but you don't tell anybody what you're selling. It just mysteriously appears on a page <laughs> that tells them they have to get it now. And it's the first time they've ever realized it existed because you sucked them in through this really. And then you get a bunch of buyer's remorse and people who are buying from people they don't know because they were, they were not suckered in because there's still a lot of good content that's made that way. But it's not my way of, of doing things. What you want to do is people want to be familiar. You want people to actually know the name of your program. They want to know what you care about, like what your opinions are about the industry, about life in general, about tactics and strategies. And you want to build that up. So the questions actually serve multiple things. It creates buzz. It's market research for you. 
And it allows you to iteratively build, which means you don't have to have it perfect in the beginning. You always reserve the right to make it better, right? And your current audience that's buying from you is does not mind that you put out a version 2.0 of that thing they bought from you six months ago, right? But they didn't. you didn't secretively build it and then try and get people to buy. So when people don't go ask questions because they think they know the answer, um, then they end up having to sell harder. And, and I will say this too, you can still choose what you're asking. Like if you know, I knew I wanted to create a, a training on how to create your opt-in. What I wasn't sure about was whether or not they wanted me to create it about how to actually create the opt-in, right? How to get people to opt into the opt-in or right. what to do once somebody's opted in. And so that's the question I went out and asked. I didn't go out and ask, what should I make? I already had an idea, but I drilled down. Like the person who already knew the book cover she liked, we didn't ask people to vote on a bunch of different book covers. We asked them to vote on the color scheme of the brand she likes. So you guys can choose what you're asking right. and to what level you're asking. But I've never been right about a book cover. I've never been right about a title. Um, and gladly, I'm happy to be wrong if it's going to end up being named something that somebody likes. I mean, Boss Mom as my book name and my company name was my least favorite name, by the way. I did not like it. I was uh, not a fan of it. I had some clever name that I now don't forget <laughs> or don't remember because nobody cares. Right. And like Stephen King says, like, kill your darlings, like whatever you think is the best and what everybody needs without actually going out and asking is the thing that is so close to you that that you think it's amazing and nobody else gives a crap. So <laughs> let everybody else vote and you will you will actually find more meaning in that because you'll sell more and people will be happier. But see, that's that's hard because I'm perfect and I know exactly what things need to be. Well, how do you know you're perfect? <laughs> I, I love and I know you're saying that ironically, but but that's an interesting question because for all of us trainers that say I know what my audience wants, I've I've told people, don't train in my group, ask questions. And they will say, I don't have any questions to ask. And I think I mean, you know, that there's that I don't know who is the quote, but if you're not growing, you're dying. Yep. Right? And that and that is the truth. What how can you ever not have questions? How could you, how could you ever? Yeah. Right. And, and when the moment you think, you know, everything, what, what is perfection? I mean, perfection is a moving target consistently. Anybody who tells you you're perfect the way you are, that's, that's not the right statement. None of us are perfect the way we are. If you're not growing, you're dying. That's, right. Yep. But we are enough. Like you are enough the way you are. Right. And then you as an individual should always seek to learn and experience because as you age, the world is different for you and you should then take that in and experience that and learn from that and grow and help others in different ways. So you should always be growing. You should always be getting better. Everything you do, that's why when we look at back at stuff we did six months ago, we think it looks terrible. Um, so that that's the idea. We should always have questions. Perfection, perfection should always be a moving goal for us and being messy should be the goal right? Like that's what you should want. There's perfection in the, in your, your perfect messiness, right? And people love that people, when you build people up in the right way and create community in the right way, they will forgive anything, right? You fall off the radar and you have something happen in your life and you don't show up for a whole month. They will forgive you. Your email has a huge error in it. They will forgive you. You forget to edit your podcast, which the production company I work for, they had a mess up on something and the promo in the middle about a webinar just it was all three versions and me joking about how bad the one before was 
See, that, totally went out. But that's classic. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> but that's the thing. If I cared about it being perfect, I had somebody say, I actually thought that you did it on purpose because I couldn't stop listening. Yeah. And then, but I thought I'd email you anyway and tell you this is, that was there. And that's, that's the thing. Like you want to be messy and you want to get it out there. You want to let people be involved to help you build it up. And then you want to be able to be forgiven when you're not perfect because nobody is. And nobody cares. Nobody cares about perfect no. anymore. And I think people like us better when they realize that we make mistakes. We're not perfect. We do shit wrong all the damn time. We're human. And that I, that was, honestly, that was one of my big things is I, I always had to have the perfect course out. I always had to say the perfect things. I always had to, it was edited 10 times. It was, it just won't fly. You, you don't need to. No. Don't need In fact, I remember making uh, my very first, we just redid the Facebook group course, but we'd made one a couple years ago. And I remember I had a two month old, it was like three in the morning that I was doing it. Right. Cause I was like, I'm just gonna do the whole thing. I'm feel like when you feel in the mood, you know, there's some times where I don't want to do anything past eight, but there's some days where you're like, I'm in it. I could stay up all night. It's having one of those days I record it and, and I use my hands. I talk a lot with my hands and in the middle I'm saying something really passionate and I throw my hands up and I just like completely slap my printer and there's just this big bang. <laughs> and I just, you just see me in the video and I look over and I was like, yeah, we're going to keep that. We're fine. <laughs> the amount of emails I get back from people that say I got to that point and I burst out <laughs> laughing is hilarious because those are the real, those are the real things, you know, people want real people. And so if you're wasting time trying to make it perfect, then you're losing time actually connecting with people. And, and then you're just, you're just somebody who's putting stuff out there. Like nobody, but the, my, at least once a month, when I tell my operations director that, you know, like like yesterday I meant to do all these things, but somehow I ended up in on Instagram watching yoga people do yoga while I ate a bag of Cheetos. Like See, I, I didn't do yoga. I just watched people do yoga. You feel less guilty and that then way. she'll message yeah, and she'll mail me message me back and she'll be like, I love that you just told me that because I felt like a hot mess all week. And the fact that you are you, but completely wasted an entire day, like makes me feel less bad about where I am. And so we need to share those things with people in your emails, in your everywhere. See, I need to take that advice because if people actually knew <laughs> the stupid shit, that the, the stupid stuff that I get myself into, they would feel so good about themselves. <laughs> and, and I think we think that that means they won't trust us. And, and I will say there is a line. What I tell people is, look, if you help with um, email marketing, right, and you send out a message saying that you, you know, can't write emails to save your life, that's not good for your business, right? Uh, but if you've got all the things in your, like, you don't want to tell people you can't do what you're supposed to be an expert in. Like that, that's the thing you keep, if you're having a hard time with something, you keep that to yourself, you find somebody to help you get past whatever it is. But so that's, that's the thing. Like, don't like, I've had somebody that posted that said, I'm being really authentic and letting you know that I help people with taxes, but I took on too many people and now I can't deliver. And I have all these people that are angry. You're like, that's not something you share. You fix it on the back end, but that's not the thing you share. Yeah. So I do think we want to recognize where there is discretion and where right. there is authenticity. 
Um, but, but yeah, letting people know you're not perfect, that you mess up, that you're not perfectly productive, that things don't happen the way you expect, that some of the stuff you put out didn't work. Like all those things are really valuable for people and it makes people not feel so bad about themselves because we don't want to contribute to the world where we look at everybody and go, well, I, my life sucks because I can never be that perfect. Cause that's just not, it's not true. And so we don't want to, we want to lift people up, um, and not, make people feel bad, even when we don't mean to. Yes. And word of advice, two glasses of wine, and I'm too authentic, so I can't, <laughs> I've learned my limit. <laughs> don't do videos. Don't do podcasts with more than two glasses of wine because then I'm just a little too authentic. <laughs> I'm the one that says, <laughs> I screwed that up and I, <laughs> yeah. So I, I've learned just... Just I had that. My friend and I, Dawn, did years ago. We did. Uh, she came over. We had a bottle of wine together. And we ended up recording an episode called Have You Been Funneled Lately? And it was hilarious. <laughs> oh. Oh, my sarcasm could kick in right there. I've got. See, I haven't <laughs> had two glasses of wine today. It's not happy hour yet. So I'm good. <laughs> I won't go there. Oh, but it is. Oh, you I'm up. telling you, it has been an absolute pleasure to uh, to have you on the podcast thank you so much for, for taking the time to uh to talk with us and to talk with me and i'm telling you, i am so impressed by the stuff that you're doing and your podcast a million plus downloads what yeah we just hit a million and a half yep oh my god and we just launched the Nurture to Convert Show YouTube channel, which I'm super pumped about. Like, finally, I've been talking about it for like three years. And it um, now, hold on, I'm in. Well, I'm in Puerto Vallarta. There's stuff going on all over. We'll get. Okay, sorry, I couldn't hear anything. No, you couldn't. I couldn't hear it. <laughs> really, the mic works. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we just launched the YouTube channel. The um, It's called the Nurture to Convert Show. I've been talking about launching a YouTube channel for years, so I'm super pumped because we're going to have much more concise uh, videos um, on email marketing, on you know building content, on productivity, on all the things that I believe very deeply in, um, in like short, concise videos. So then that way we've got more of the conversations and the stories happening on the podcast and more of the like short, simple, quick, easy trainings. Um, on the channel. Oh, so I can't wait. I've literally been saying for years I was going to do it. <laughs> I can't wait to. Now, for those listening, all the stuff's going to be in the in the show notes. So open up the show notes and get links to all this. Now, let me ask this. Is it guy okay for this YouTube channel? Am I going to feel like Oh, I'm yes, absolutely. So that's actually why we changed it from, we didn't call it Boss Mom. It used to be the Boss Mom Vault. It used to be like all those, it, Boss Mom TV was what we were talking about for the society, or for the um, YouTube channel. We moved it to Nurture to Convert Society and Nurture to Convert Show uh, because it's more about the nurturing than it is about being a mom. We think it's most relevant um, to moms and we do mention those things. Um, so for instance, like I have a productivity hack for, you know, for mom, boss moms as one of our videos. Um, it's still relevant to everybody else, but it is most relevant of a productivity hack when you have kids running around and your life is spent in 10 minute increments, all the email marketing, all the everything. So every once in a while, you'll see something where it's very specific to a mom, but for the most part, it is, uh, every mom is going to, uh, enjoy the content and resonate with it, but it works for everybody. Yeah. So if this, if what I'm talking about resonates with you, the YouTube channel resonates with you. And, and the Nurture to Convert Society is not, uh, there are men in there as well. So it's not 
women only and our Facebook group. If you, I, I generally, when we have guys asked to join, I ask you what your intentions are with my group. <laughs> um, but I hear but we have guys in there. I hear it's a great place to find. No, I'm joking. See, that's my sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> See, I would probably be kicked out in like 30 seconds. You're done, gone. I don't think so. <laughs> There's a good sense of sarcasm in there, but yes, it, it, um, I, I think you'd be amazed like going in there. It just, it, it feels like a vibrant community. And I, I want other people to, to create communities like that. So ours isn't the only one. Now your the course on your, uh, start and grow your Facebook groups that, I, I assume that that teaches people how to set up the, the standard operating procedures of setting up a Facebook group like yours. It is a step-by-step, screen-by-screen. The workbook has templates for you. It has everything. It shows you the exact rules. There's the video. Yes, it's like it is. If you follow that process, you will go from not having something to creating something, growing something, and then we give you a whole sched- calendar um, for every month of what you should post in it and show you how to brainstorm out the right questions for you. So yeah, we, we even templatize out the welcome video like everything you need is in there. See, that just so struck for me. I just wing everything, just wing it. And I need to start doing standard operating procedures. I need that so bad. Oh, I need that so bad. Well, you know what I do? I talk it out in, in the videos and I train and then I create the workbooks afterwards so that our workbooks can be really, and then, and then we look at where are their gaps and I'll add in videos of screen shares or things like that to fill in gaps. So I, I work backwards from what people normally do. Um, and that helps me make sure that I'm doing everything necessary to give good explanation. That I have my operation operations manager look at what I'm creating and go, how do I do that? Right? Like you told, told me about that. Like, do we have a spreadsheet on what that is? Or like, like where do I click to go here? And then I go, okay, we need to fill that gap. Right. I'm going to do a video on exactly how you take somebody when you get their email address, how to actually get them into your email list. And then we're going to, and I will do a screenshot on or a screen grab on that thing. So yeah, it's, it's, I work in the process and then we fill in the blanks. And then after it's out, as people have questions, we create a, you know bonus content or things like that to fill in the blanks. And I create generally low pro- uh, price products because I I, I make it more bite sized and I I want to be the thing everybody goes to and has because they're going to buy other things. I'd rather you have money to hire people. Um, so like our Facebook group course is forty seven dollars. That is. Most of our other stuff, our our membership site is only $47 a month, but there are content upgrades you can do so you can buy templates as you need them when you need them. Because I think we should all offer products that allow people to get things as they need them, not force them on our schedule of buying. Um, And we, that's why we don't do live launches. We just, I'm a, I'm an evergreen fan. That's, and that's different than, than other people do, but based on how well you've done, based on your communities, based on your podcast, based on everything, I'm going to listen to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I, I'm going to listen to I'll you. <laughs> so after this, just, just hang on the line. I'm going to give you my credit card. We'll just get all this stuff taken care of. So, but for anyway, all the people listening, check out the show notes, go and check her out, go and check Dan out. She is absolutely fabulous. And I'm telling you this stuff you do is so needed. I wish, why weren't you around like 10 years ago? I get that a lot. (laughs) I could have used you. You would have saved me so much time and money and frustration. Oh. Yeah, yep. I, I hear that. I hear that. That's good news, though. Thank you for yes, the compliment. Good news. All right. Thank you so much for being on. I want to thank you so much for listening to the show today. 
And it would mean so much to me and to Dana that if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please take a second and go and rate and review the show in iTunes. Uh, let me tell you, every podcaster will tell you that iTunes reviews really does drive listeners to our shows. So please help me out and let me know what your thoughts are. Uh, also, subscribe to the podcast, whatever platform, whatever podcast platform you're using. Subscribe to the show so you always get the latest episodes. Again, thank you so much, and I will see you next week.